Hey everyone, it is Bill from buildthescene.com, firstangelmedia.com, and musicfromthe412.com. That list just keeps getting bigger. This is the podcast called Three Questions in a Song, episode number 95, where the title used to say everything that the show was, but I have a tendency to ask more than three questions. So with that in mind, my guest tonight for episode 95 is Mark Dignam. Dignam? Dignam. 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 Um, (laughs) um, Who is originally from the Dublin area of Ireland. Yeah. Thanks for the invite. Appreciate it. No problem. Now, this is is the link. Mark has done some work with First Angel Media. Mm -hmm. And um, he also lives in Pittsburgh now. Which is what my first question is going to be. How did you go from from is it fin Finglass? Is that how you say it? Finglas. Finglas is a, a suburb on the north side of Dublin. So how did you go from, from there to Pittsburgh? Uh that story is about an hour and a half long in itself. <laughs> <laughs> um I was working with a record label from Dublin. And we came over here and we rented a big house up in Connecticut, up in Hartford, which is equidistant between the two big Irish capitals of America, New York and and Boston. So we were working those two towns, bringing over some Irish acts and trying to push them, trying to get deals and trying to, you know, get them shows and things like that. And unfortunately, the label went bust in the middle of the whole project. We just ran out of money very quickly. And, uh, but I had a buddy of mine who was booking a couple of old clubs that are not there anymore, Rosebud and Metropole down in the strip district. So he would bring me down and have me, you know, I opened up for people like Richie Havens and David Gray and, and uh, a couple of other big stars that I can't even remember at this stage. And uh, so, you know, I just, I, I was hanging around town, hanging around Pittsburgh. The label went bust. I had nothing else going on in my life. Uh, met a girl whirlwind romance married and a couple of kids so here i am 23 years later still kicking around pittsburgh and and doing music she was from pittsburgh yeah yeah she lived in the same building as my buddy so did you write a song called it's it's about the girl i'm sure i wrote a couple but uh (laughs) it's a good rock and roll story because there's a a divorce involved (laughs) so so you know, onward. <laughs> um, so having been in the scene in Ireland and the scene in, scene in Pittsburgh, how would you compare the two? Oh, that's a really good Nobody's asked me that directly before. Um, I think there's a bit, there's a bit more emphasis on, I mean, obviously, Americana is a kind of bigger scene here than it was in Dublin. There was a lot more, particularly the 90s, there was a lot more British and European kind of pop stuff coming through. So, you know, that the whole the Manchester beat thing had a bigger uh, influence on things. You know, stuff like the Stone Roses and Oasis and things like that in the 90s. You know, they would have been kind of, I mean, they would have been huge bands here as well, but I think they had a lot more of an influence on on, uh, on the music that a lot of my friends were making at the time. 
And here I could definitely feel the Americana and roots kind of stuff a lot more, particularly around here, you know, since it's kind of like the gateway to the Midwest and the gateway to the South. So I think that was the biggest differences for me. Um, so I'm known to ask some odd questions. And I'm, I love odd questions. <laughs> <laughs> so here, here's my first one for you. Uh-huh. Um, if if you're standing at the crossroads that Robert Johnson supposedly stood at waiting for, for the devil to show up, yeah. what are you there to sell your soul to gain? What am I there to sell my soul to gain? Yeah. What, what's that, that major thing that, that is a goal for you that you haven't reached yet that you're almost willing to give the devil, the devil your soul for? I, I think it would be to go backward meet myself when I was younger with the knowledge I have now. I think that would be a big one for me. I, I keep saying lately, like, if I only knew then what I know now, I think I would have been a lot more relaxed about probably everything, <laughs> you know, particularly particularly music and and the idea of what a career in the music industry really is, you know, and and realizing that nobody's really in charge, <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, you, you always think there's this place where the music industry actually is and that you're not around it and you've got to get to it. And I think I've, that's the biggest lesson I think I've learned that I'd love to go back and meet young Mark and give that to him. And says, you know, that to a large degree, the music industry is exactly where you're standing, you know, depending <laughs> on what, what you're doing. But it's not, not necessarily always about geography. But I think I think just just to be a lot more relaxed and uh, it's not true to say not care as much, but not be overly taxed by the whole thing as much. You know, mm -hmm. that makes sense. You get that it does, and you also you you like led me to a question that I wasn't going to ask, but now I have to. There you go. Um, okay, so you're leaving a gig, and as you're loading out. There's a DeLorean sitting there with its door open and a flux capacitor in the back seat. <laughs> so now you can go back in time to any point in time and the Belfast uh, where it was built. <laughs> and uh so where are you gonna go and while you're there, what band are you gonna seek out and hang out with? Wow. That's a great question. I ha I have to say I want I would love to go back in time. And get to hang out with Billy Bragg again. I got I got to hang out with him in in the nineties. I did a small tour with him around the the, the Highlands of Scotland, and uh, but I wasn't ready. Again, you know, I look back on it now. I was like, wow, if I if I had the songs I have now and I had the the chops that I have now, that would have been a whole lot better experience. Uh, I'd love to go back and hang out with him again. And who else? What band would I love to see? I'd love to – you know what? I never got to see Thin Lizzy. I got to see Phil Lynott when he when he um, he had the whole breakup of Thin Lizzy just before he died. And I got – that was my first concert when I was 16. But I'd love to be able to go back a little bit further and, and see Thin Lizzy play because I'm a big fan. Cool. Um, so this next question isn't really music-related, but um, when you – when you were at your first St. Patrick's Day celebration in the U.S., which 
<laughs> Clearly, we took liberties with a lot of things. <laughs> Do we have the time to go into that? <laughs> um, did you sit there and go, wow, this is what they think of us? <laughs> um, yes, I did. <laughs> yeah, I remember actually, my, I, don't, I can't even remember my first St. Patrick's Day in, in the U.S., I can't remember if it was here or, or somebody somewhere else. I do remember bringing a friend of mine over from Ireland to do. I, I run a a yearly show, a club cafe called the Calm Before the Storm, which is my my kind of anti St. Patrick's Day show. Uh, and I had this buddy of mine in from Dublin, and we were going to play it. But after we did our sound check, we walked out of Club Cafe, and it was on Parade Day which I usually try to avoid. Yeah. <laughs> which, which is the point of the, the the show, the calm before the storm. But for some reason, I messed it up, and we ended up on parade day. So we did the sound check, walked out of the venue, and walked down East Carson Street, and it was a sea of very, very drunk people all dressed in green uh, in broad daylight. And it's like, and you wouldn't even see that in Ireland. You know, that's the funny <laughs> thing. So we were walking, like, and the two of us were laughing. We were like, we're probably actually the only two real Irish people on this street right now. And neither of us were dressed in green. So it, it was very funny. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but for the longest time, there was, like, it was illegal to drink alcohol on St. Patrick's Day in Ireland. Was it? I don't know about oh, It probably I, was, yeah. I mean, that, that's the thing people don't realize. Like, back in history, I mean, the Irish were quite pious, you know, and they and you know some of the storyline is about the drinking started when they came here. Well, yeah. <laughs> you've been Not, here <laughs> for that reason. But it, was, it was more because um, you know after all the atrocities that happened to them in history that they, they were seriously depressed. They were like, we have to leave our country, and you know we're working hard to try and make it here in this foreign country. And they really started doing a lot of the drinking here, you know. And plus, it's a stereotype that was just oh, absolutely. put upon us at the time just to keep us down. Um, if, if you could sit down with any songwriter in the history of the world and write a song with them, who would you want to write with? And remember, you have a DeLorean, so it can be anyone. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> write a song with... You know, it's funny. There, it's... Possibly someone like Annie DeFranco. I really respect her. I'm I'm big on the lyricists. I'm big on the people who write uh, very lyrical songs. So people like Leonard Cohen and Paul Simon and all that. And at the same time, like Dylan and Paul Simon, I kind of don't want to meet them. <laughs> you know, I have this weird thing with them, like where I very much admire their work, but I don't want to sit down with them. Um. Probably Annie DeFranco. Again, Billy Bragg, if I had a, a chance again. Um, I, got, I got to sit down with Joan Baez at one stage as well. She was a beautiful woman. And, and I know she's not necessarily a songwriter, but her voice is incredible. I would love to have it. Or, or Carol King. You know, a lot of the, the lyrical folkies. That, that's kind of my bag. And then I want to be an ACDC as well. <laughs> Um, I just thought it was, I, I, I have, well, 
both First Angel Media and Build and Scene have a connection with XRP Radio, which when we originally made that connection, they were from um, Birmingham, England. Mm-hmm. And they have since moved to the Highlands of Scotland. Nice. But um, this past Thanksgiving, or Thanksgiving, this past St. Patrick's Day, landed on a Friday during Lent. Right. And there was dispositions made. I'm not Catholic, by the way. I just teach at a Catholic school, but my family is. But so there's the dis- dispensation. I can't even say that word. The, the, the bishop said you could eat meat. <laughs> and uh, I had my first bangers and mash. Uh-huh. And I took a picture of it and I sent it to Tiz from XRP. And I said, does this look like traditional bangers and mash? And he had a not so nice comment about how it looked. <laughs> <laughs> it tasted good, but that's all that matters really. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I never had even heard of it and it was on a menu. And I was like, huh, let's see what that's like. That's funny. <laughs> but, um, before we get too much further, why don't you tell me about your song "Angels of Mercy"? Sure, it was. It came about during the pandemic. Um, my mother was very sick in Dublin, and pretty much she she died in the middle of the whole pandemic. And of course, with all the restrictions, I wasn't able to leave. I had to stay here, so it was it was very very hard. I literally had to watch my mother die over a screen. And uh, but in the middle of all of that, as I was watching one afternoon, th- this nurse came in and was taking care of her, and I was just blown away by the idea of here's this man who is, you know, he's left his home in the middle of a time when everyone else is not allowed out, and he's gone and he's doing his job looking after my mother in the middle of a deadly pandemic, and. It, not just that, but the actual care that he was given to her at the time to me was, was just gorgeous. It was really, really gorgeous. And it stuck with me for weeks and weeks. I found it very hard to write anything for weeks uh, just because of the whole experience. But when I did, that was the first thing my mind went to. It was like the care that that person gave to my mother in the middle of this really, really hard time. And then I thought about you know, the whole medical profession, nurses in particular, who, who did such an amazing job. So it's it's pretty much it's a tribute to nurses and medical professionals that went through all of that and, and kept going. That's I um I read it in the about that you sent me mm-hmm. and I was like this is gonna be a good one to talk about. Yeah. Um, and um and the that whole the pandemic as a whole, I, as I said, I teach, um, mm-hmm. I did a lot of teaching where I'm sitting right now or in my kitchen that, you yeah. know, and so not quite as, um, I wasn't quite as affected as you were with the situation, but everything was turned upside down and, you know, I would prefer to never go back to that again. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Again, if I had the DeLorean and I could, yes. I could go back, that would be one situation I would, change all right so we're gonna take a moment we're gonna listen to mark's song angels of mercy and we will be right back you went to work anyway you had no choice you're from the neighborhood that's never had a voice 
You've always been cannon fodder on the front line. You've seen yourself in history books. Hope for change this time. Tide starts to rise. There's sirens in the streets. They're clapping from the balconies. You're aching on your feet. Joe died on Saturday. Henrietta went last week. The ships are all stuck out of sea, praying for the heat. Schools have all shut down. Kids don't get to meet. You feel like an old backyard shed crumbling to its knees. Sam's in tears at the window. And hold Jane in his arms. His shoulders shake in torment. His heart screams an alarm. Sleep tonight. Please sleep tonight. Our angels of mercy. Our angels of mercy. Our angels of mercy. With me, sing with me, sing with me, angels of mercy. Our angels of mercy. Our angels of mercy. You know they rattle your cage like they've always done. Today the world's upside down. For you, it's just another one. Tide starts to rise. There's sirens in the streets. They're clapping from the balconies. You're aching on your feet. Joe died on Saturday. Henrietta went last week. The ships are all stuck out at sea, praying for the heat. Schools have all shut down. Kids don't get to meet. You feel like an old backyard shed crumbling to its knees. Sam's in tears at the window. Can't hold Jane in his arms. His shoulders shake in torment. His heart screams an alarm. Sleep tonight. Please sleep tonight. Our angels of mercy. Our angels of mercy. Our angels. Before I forget, because I really um, had fallen away from the template that I had been running on this show, and I now that I'm trying to get back to it, I keep forgetting to do the question from the previous guest and to have you ask a question of the next guest. So we're going to do that right now. Right. Um, so last episode, I had um, Drown the Deep on from Pittsburgh, um, a hard rock band, and they had a question for you. 
and I'm going to go ahead and let them ask it. You have a question for the next guest. Oh, we do. Yes. Um, so our question, uh, we looked up a little bit of Mark's stuff. I don't want to butcher his last name, so I'm not going <laughs> to. I think <laughs> Having it's a name that people them. often put, you know, guess on. I, I don't get upset by it, but I just, I understand that. Um, but yeah, our question for Mark would be, um, looking at his stuff, saw he's really lyrically driven as well. Uh, the question for him would be, how do you find yourself pulling new inspiration for new lyrical patterns? Lyrical patterns in particular. Interesting. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know that I necessarily even think of lyrical patterns consciously. I mean, I think I, I for me, it's about storytelling. For me, it's about, uh, you know, I think of my songs almost in, in, in cinematic kind of terms. I, I'm always picturing a scene and I've got characters in the scene and I'm trying to make them do things or say things or react to things. And, uh, and particularly, uh, you know, ideas. I, I always say my, my songs are basically a sociology class with a guitar involved. <laughs> you know, it's like... <laughs> It's always like you know family politics and 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 socioeconomic kind of stuff, and occasionally I'll write a love song or a broken love song or, or stuff like that. So it's it's it, it's stuff like that. So for me, it's it's. I mean, yeah, I know how to turn a rhyme. I know how to turn a a, a, a phrase, but I think it's more the cinematic thing for me that I that I I just write about the scene that I see see in my head. Uh, rather than pick any other kind of paradigm. And I gave you a very last minute homework assignment to come up with the question for the Windland creatures. Yeah, yeah. The, the first one is when are they going to come and, and have me book them? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I think the uh, tour stories, I guess, sprung to mind. I saw them on a stage and I was like, uh, I wonder do they have any good stories tour stories any good uh you know favorite venues favorite favorite tours or funny tour stories i'd like to hear that i am um, you, you kind of led me you keep leading me into things i wasn't going to do um so being involved with music from the 412 um right before we came on live i was setting up the new ticket contests and um ricky rockman who was on um He's on MTV. Why can't I think of the name of the show right now? Um, I think it was called That MTV Show. Is that what it was? No. Just I didn't think so. <laughs> um, it was Headbangers Ball. That was it. Oh, yeah, right. Of course. Um, anyway, he's coming to the Oaks Theater in Oakmont, and he's going to do um, an evening of stories about um, rock and roll, sleaze, and debauchery. <laughs> Oh. And um, that is one of the I know the nothing sh- about it. <laughs> that is one of the shows that Music from Four One Two is giving away f- free tickets to, on nice. with Drusky Entertainment providing the tickets. We also have DRI Wigwam, uh, the Bacon Brothers. So then you can have your own Seven Degrees of Kevin Bacon, um, Lita Ford, uh, the Red Jump 
suit apparatus and there's more coming, but those are the six that I have on my screen right now. (laughs) But the, the tour stories made me think of it and it was there. So I said, we'll mention it now anyway. Yeah. (laughs) Um, if you're interested in trying to win tickets for those, you just go to musicfrom412.com slash contests. And then you click on the one you want to you want to try for, and there's a set of directions. It's real easy. Um, it involves sharing it and tagging music from the 412 and um, Drusky Entertainment and then sending us your email address. That's it. <laughs> and then I do a wheel spin. <laughs> um, all right, so... Back to oddball questions. And you may say, uh, no, but I'm going to ask you anyway. <laughs> what right. is what is the best pizza you've had because you are a musician? <laughs> the best pizza I've had actually is here in Pittsburgh. Well, I mean, I mean New, New York pizza is, is good. I've had a really good calzone in Germany. Um, but Badamo's over on the north side. That's my favorite pizza right now. I'm just there. I, I did a whole handful of gigs recently in, in the Monterey, which is a, a great little Irish bar over on uh, Monterey Street on the north side. But quite close to it is Badamo's Pizza. So that's my favorite. And now I might just jump in the car and go get Badamo's Pizza. <laughs> that was a quick answer, too. Were you ready for that one? No. <laughs> no, I just, I just like I'm. I know the answer to that. I, I could answer that in my sleep. <laughs> my favorite pizza right now. Um, I've told this on the air. I don't even know what episode or what show, but I went to New York a few years ago and we mm-hmm. ate pizza in New Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, New that York says, is known for pizza. We ate it in New Jersey. <laughs> it says something. I'm not quite what it says. I'm not quite sure what it says, but it says something. Well, what happened is we went on a bus tour. And our hotel was in New Jersey. Yeah, I've done that. When we got back to the hotel, all the delivery times from the city were really, really long because they had to come through the, you know, the tunnel under the river, and so we went with New Jersey. <laughs> yeah, I get it. But, um, all right. So you you have to have an embarrassing moment that you could tell me about on stage. Oh, again, I have I have an hour and a half's worth of embarrassing moments. I'm trying to think like that. Embarrassing moments on stage. I mean, they're all a little embarrassing in a way, you know, because you're getting up in front of a whole bunch of people and, and saying, here I am, here's what I do, love me, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, what's the most embarrassing thing on the stage? I mean, the very first time I ever played electric guitar on stage, uh, I hit the guitar once and broke a string straight away. So that was that was embarrassing. Or um, I'm trying to think of other ones. You know, just song, is it, gigs that I've done that don't have monitors, and you're like, oh my god, am I singing in tune or not? I'm not really quite sure. But people are at least not leaving in droves. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think I, I've had a couple of like small little bar gig things that I did years and years ago. And I remember turning up with my own PA and then realizing that I hadn't bought, brought the power supply for the the mixing desk, which was, you know, so I had to pack everything up again and then, you know, go home, my tail between my legs. 
So that one, that one was pre- pretty high because I, I pride myself on being fairly organized and having stuff together, you know. So it's one of those things where they're like, can you not go on without it? And I'm like, no, I can't, <laughs> you know. So I left that money on the table and went home. Um, so my official build the scene question is, who's your Dave Grohl? And what I mean by that question is, who would you like to go up on stage with and perform one of their originals? Because Dave and, and uh, the Foo Fighters are known to bring people out of the crowd to play. Yeah. I, I actually wouldn't mind doing it with him. He seems like fun. He's one day, fun. one day he's going to hear that I've asked that question 100,000 times and he's going to talk to me. He <laughs> just doesn't know it. <laughs> I'll stay close to you. <laughs> um, who would I like to get up on stage with? Oh, that's a good one. Do you know what I have to say? Um, it's an old band from Britain that did a lot of stuff in Ireland called the Water Boys. And I've kind of been, I've kind of been on stage with one or two of them in, in various different guises, different shows. But I would love to get up and do some of the stuff from they have they have a classic album called This Is the Sea. And if I got a chance to get up with Mike Scott and the Water Boys and doing anything from This Is the Sea, I would be I could sleep for weeks after it and be happy. So probably that one. I have one more odd question for you, then two easy ones, and I'll let you go for the night. Um, So Kiss has played in a bay in Australia to great white sharks. And Metallica has played in Antarctica in a bubble. What non-traditional venue would you like to play at? Um. What non-traditional venue? I mean, I love theaters. I mean, no, that's that's a traditional venue, really. Um. Oh, that's that's a, that's a tough one. What non-traditional venue would I like to do? I think like a small stage on the most out of the way mountainside that you could get. You know, something something very. Uh, away yeah. from everything, almost, almost where you're like, where the hell do we plug anything in? How do we do that? You know, if and you're that, outdoors, you can get some amazing natural reverb. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the valley. Um. All right. So two e- two easy questions. I promise you. What's up yeah. next? What's up no next problem. for you? Do you mean to repeat that one? What's up next for you? What's up next for me? Um, I am, I've got something coming up. I can't remember what it is, but I know the thing after it. Uh, I'm going to New York over Easter. I have a show there. And then we've got some stuff coming up in like Cincinnati and Illinois, back down to Columbus. And then there's going to be some international stuff coming up that I'm about to announce as well. And hopefully somewhere in between, get back to working on uh, my new record, which I've kind of put off for a while, uh, trying to trying to decide what way it's going to sound. Uh, and you know, I've got the I've got great musicians around me, so I'm very happy with that. But I've got to sit down and do a bit more work on that. So it's kind of it's it's you know it's touring season. You know, here we are in April. All the snow is gone for the most part, so everyone's dusting off their their sleeping bags <laughs> you know getting on the road 
So I'm doing the same. You know, I'm going to do quite a bit of touring this year and try and finish the record then somewhere in between. And lastly, um, and I'm thinking people watching the video that, that part of the answer is right below me, but where can people find you on, online and, and find your music? Yeah, markdignam.com is where we're, we're kind of rebuilding things there and trying to put a lot more content on it. Uh, I'm on Facebook all the time, probably way too many hours of my day I spend there, and I get very chatty <laughs> there, so it's a good, good way. Uh, if you want to kill a lot of time and not do anything useful, you can come talk to me on Facebook. Um, I want to thank you for hanging out with me on episode 95. Pleasure. Thank you very much for the invite. I'm, I'm very glad to be here. And don't forget that you that you are now in the Chainmail podcast, which means you have to listen to the next episode to hear the Woodland Creatures answer to your question. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> I'd love to do that. Um, for those of you that are listening on buildtheseam.com slash radio or rudurudradio.com, make sure you hang out there and listen. You may find your next favorite unsigned or independent act. Um, if you are hanging out on the website, down at the bottom, there are some more episodes. Make sure you click them and see what else everybody has to say. My name is Bill. This has been episode 95, and I will see you next time. This episode of Three Questions of a Song has ended, but be sure to subscribe to be introduced to more unsigned music from around the globe. Don't forget to rate and review the show, and we'll see you on the next episode.